Sean Neds do baseball. I'm Sean. And I'm Eds. And we're bringing you some baseball history. That's right. We're a bi-weekly baseball history podcast where the story catcher doesn't know what the story pitcher is going to be throwing at him. That's right. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. <laughs> uh, it's been a little while. It's been three weeks, not two weeks. That's right. We were, we pushed a week back because we were very, very busy. You were on the other side of the planet. Yeah, yeah. I had, I mentioned it here in my little intro here, but I will just talk about it now. I had a little bit of a strange inception moment. I forgot about the intro that we recorded for the last episode and oh yeah you know you predicted that i would listen to myself uh, or i said that i would probably listen to myself on the way back from vietnam and i did and i said hello to myself and it was very weird <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the plane half asleep <laughs> hey edgy what <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so that's awesome uh yeah thanks so much and if you haven't checked out that episode check it out eric Shaw. uh it was a two-parter i'm very proud of that it was uh it was a f- not a fun one. <laughs> no, that was a very sad episode, yeah. Two episodes, yeah. but yes. Very sad story. Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't caught on, we're, we're baseball history podcast. We tell stories from baseball's past with one of us having no idea. Before we start, Edzie's going to be starting today on the hill, but uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, Doing Baseball and on Instagram at Doing Dot Baseball. I think our, our, what the fuck's it, TikTok? Yeah, we got a TikTok. I haven't made any content oh. for TikTok in a little while, but if you want to follow us there, it's at doing baseball as well. Uh, of you, course, you found us on one of the listening platforms. What were you going to say you there? You went to Vietnam and you didn't TikTok. No, I didn't TikTok <laughs> at all. I saw a lot of people TikToking, but I didn't, uh, you didn't take my, myself. You were, you were not like just on like a gorgeous beach being like Yogi Berra once said <laughs> no no i wasn't and i was i was actually well you you kind of implored me to make some content perhaps when i was away but i was actually i was surprised to learn that baseball hadn't really flourished in vietnam as much as it had in uh some of the other uh, asian countries like korea or taiwan or china yeah. or of course, Japan, like we mentioned before. I mean, foreign policy explains most of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, yeah, I was wondering if that would have something I to mean, do with it. I mean, but there's a lot of great baseball players from Cuba. So, you know, I mean, that's the whole other history. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, there is, there is, uh, it is interesting because, yes, it's a, it's a tropical country. You can play all year round. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, it's beautiful there. I'm sure you had a wonderful trip. But this isn't about Vietnam. No. This is no. about something else that I have no idea about. So... <laughs> Let's lead it off. Yeah, okay. So we'll get to uh, the true story here of episode 70, Sean. We're on episode 70. All right. Actually, before I get started here, I should say we want to thank the people for listening and following us on, uh, finding us on whatever their listening platforms is, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And give us if you a can review. give us a review or a rating, we'd really appreciate it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we're here 70 episodes in. Yep. And, uh, you know, this one's probably going to be a little bit of a shorter one. Let's call it a commuter. It's a commuter. Yeah, it's a little bit shorter. I was kind of easing myself back in after being we've, on vacation for a while. So we've been busy. You know, there's been things going on. But uh, anyway, this story begins in Spokane, Washington, in the summer of 1987. 
Okay. Okay. It was the first season ever for the Boise Hawks, which were an unaffiliated independent club in the Class A short season Northwest League. So we got another uh, minor league story here, Sean. This one's going to kind of harken back maybe to a couple episodes we've had in the past, maybe a little bit like our Climax Blethen or Len Konecki. All right. I that love these it. guys stuck in their minor leagues for pretty much their whole career, but one single event, you know, put them on the map and made them famous in uh, oddball baseball history. So we're at 1989, the 19, Boise, 1987, the first season. Boise Hawks. Yes, the Boise Hawks in the Northwest League. All right. So this was the Hawks' third nickname and their second relocation following a 10-year stint in Walla Walla, Washington. Oh. And when they were in Walla Walla, uh, they were the Padres. They were known as the Padres, of course, named for their affiliate in San Diego. So at this time, for those 10 years, anyway, they were an affiliated club. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that 10-year stint, they moved to uh, Richland, Washington, spent four years there as the Tri-Cities Triplets, where they spent the first two years affiliated with the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. And then they were uh, independent, as I mentioned, for 85 and 86. Well, I mean, it's much better to be independent than to be affiliated with the Rangers. <laughs> yes, morally, yes, but maybe not your record-wise. I found, like, what, through, what I found through reading about this uh, sort of story is that when you're not affiliated with a major league club in the minor leagues, it really, you know, makes a big effect on your record. I would assume so, yeah. You're not getting that MLB pipeline company. You're finding... Uh, yeah, you're just going out and looking for yourself. So. Yeah, you're, you're dumpster diving, and I mean that in the nicest way. Yeah, so... That's that, but you know, having to do that, being uh, affiliated with independent clubs, the the person that we're talking about, that actually probably ended up taking them sort of far in their career. I'm glad you kind of mentioned that. Sweet. Um, so the Hawks' run of independence, unaffiliated from another club, would continue for their first three years in Boise, and the Hawks had found what to this day seemed like a permanent home. So they've never left Boise, and they were a staple in the Northwest League until uh, Major League Baseball's minor league reconfiguration a couple years ago in 2021, last year I guess it was, before last season, when the league was converted to high A and it was contracted into a six-team division. Mm -hmm. So the Hawks were unfortunately not invited to continue their MLB affiliations. Yeah, well, uh, that's another thing that that maybe people missed with that when the MLB contracted the minor leagues. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some unaffiliated clubs that got shafted there too. Yeah, well they actually, the the sad part is that they actually were affiliated oh, really? at this point, but they oh. just got, or okay. it, when it contracted in 2020, they were affiliated, I'm saying. Yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, so the Hawks were not invited to continue their MLB official affiliation and were relegated to the independent pioneer league Mm. which is uh it's an mlb partner league but it's not it's It's... not a feeder or anything like that so this ended a 30-year run that began in 1990 with 11 seasons under the angels banner 14 seasons with the cubs from 2001 to 2014 and finally with a five-year run of colorado rockies affiliation so during this time, at, in 1987, I'm going to go back to the original part of the story we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, at the helm of the Hawks organization, at least at the inception, was a man named Mal Fitchman. Mal Fitchman. You ever heard of him? Like M-A-L? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. 
Okay. Fitchman was born November 28th, 1942, in, you guessed it, Boise, Idaho. For some reason that I was not able to uncover, there's not a lot of uh, information on Mal's early life. Mm -hmm. uh, he's really famous for this one event that I'm eventually going to get to. <laughs> uh, but uh, for, as I mentioned, the reason that I was not able to uncover, Fitchman grew up in New Jersey, according to Bob Herzl, who wrote about his childhood friend Mal in the Times West Virginian in 2015. Mao then went on to attend New York University and developed a keen interest in the game of baseball and was by all accounts an astute evaluator of talent. And because of this, Fitchman became manager of some unaffiliated teams in the lower minors and was a well-regarded minor league executive. So, in 1979... Mal Fitchman managed the New York Newark co-pilots of the New York Penn League to a 32 and 39 record in what was their final season. They were independent that season as well. Originally, uh, they were the Seattle Pilots affiliate, and then the Brewers until 1978. Mm -hmm. And then I guess they gave Mal a run for their final year in '79, and he couldn't save them. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Lou Brown yeah. in these like runs through through the minors. Because he kind of, he ends up on all these teams in their final seasons. Oh. So. He's just the guy. They're like, we need somebody. This ship is sinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Mal, you want to you wanna manage the the newer co-pilots this year? Oh, man. Just, <laughs> yeah, that's such, a, that's such a grievous job, too, just to manage a terrible team every time that's, you know, has no, not no prospects, but you know what I mean, no prospects for the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's just like beating a dead horse essentially oh, constantly that yeah. game is hard enough like come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so in 1980 he was named manager of the rocky mount pines of the class a north carolina league and this was the final representation representation of rocky mount in the minor leagues Okay. So over again, okay. <laughs> yeah, once again, and it was like sort of a resurrection too. They hadn't had a team in Rocky Mount in five years since uh, the Phillies had a, a had a minor team there in yep. 1975. There had apparently been 42 different teams of different levels, you know, throughout the years in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, since 1909. Wow. But uh, this was the final one. Uh, <laughs> they were once again an independent club unaffiliated with a major league. So it seems just like somebody was taking like a last kick at the can. Was like, let's bring back a Rocky Mount team. We'll put him in here. We'll call Lou Brown and get him to manage the team. Has this worked before? No. How many times have you tried it? Like, like 49, 50? Yeah. Four, 43 is the charm. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I think this time it'll catch on. Yeah. So the season was not a good one. Mm -hmm. The worst in Carolina League history, in fact. Oh my God, I feel for this guy. <laughs> yeah, the Pines had losing streaks of 11, 13, 14, and an astounding 18 games at different points through the season. How many games did they play? <laughs> uh, well, I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, their longest winning streak was two games, mm. and they ended up, as I mentioned, relocating to Hagerstown, Maryland the next year. The team was so bad that Fitchman had been dubbed malfunction by the local paper. <laughs> okay, but 
I guess. Maybe this guy just sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, it, so far it appears so. He's not managing well. But as I as I mentioned before, notice that both these two teams that he's managed were both unaffiliated with major league clubs. So they have no pipeline feeding yeah. decent players, and they're competing against teams that yeah. do have that. Yeah. He has no money, no resources, no players, and he is playing against teams that have all of those things. Yeah, yeah. So in May, in the midst of one of the losing streaks, this is what kind of guy Fitchman was, Fitchman stood up on the team bus and announced that anyone not in the hotel bar in 25 minutes would be fined $25. <laughs> so they all showed up, of course, and Fitchman picked up the $400 tab. Jesus, all right. He's like, we need, we need to get these guys drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's his logic. Quote, guys were starting to look crossways at each other. Fitchman told Sports Illustrated when it wrote about it. Quote, it eliminated some frictions we didn't need. There's no way a night like that's going to make anybody a better player. But we'd already tried everything else. Batting <laughs> practice, no batting practice, infield at 8.30 in the morning. I used to touch third base every time I went out to the coaching box. I even stopped doing that. <laughs> So he's superstitious. Yeah, and at this point, he's like, we are really just bad. So you know what? Let's get wasted and stop yelling at each other and getting on each other and just have fucking fun. Honestly, sometimes that's the best thing a coach can do. It sounds like the Eagles. They would fit very well on the Eagles softball team. Oh, the Eagles? <laughs> is that your softball team? No. Who are the? Oh, the Eagles. The Eagles. Oh, you're harking back to another the, episode. The old episode. I'm yeah. just like, yeah. That who's the who's the Eagles? <laughs> Remember they had stipulations of their work clauses where they were allowed to get fucked up. So, yeah. so play softball. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the way to do it. Yeah. So despite the struggles, Fitchman then moved up and on to become the general manager of the aforementioned Tri Cities Triplets and head of the Diamond Sports Company, the company that would eventually buy the triplets and move them to Boise. So I'm not sure if it's the same company that exists to this day. Mm -hmm. And even if it is, I don't think that Mal Fitchman is still involved, but there is a company called Diamond Baseball Holdings. Oh, I know. That's why I was like, what? Yeah, that owns and operates 10 different minor league clubs. Uh-huh. They're like kind of going through some shit right now, I think. Ah, uh, yeah. I was I reading did. a bit of article. I'm not going to digress yeah, a different that story far, for a different time yeah, but anyway <laughs> they own 10 uh ml minor league baseball clubs like the iowa cubs the triple a team uh memphis redbirds scranton wilkes bar rail riders hudson valley renegades san jose giants gwinnett stripers mississippi braves rome braves augusta green jackets and the oklahoma city dodgers interesting yeah so i didn't i didn't I guess, like, I'm not really that surprised by it, but there's something in case, like, you know, for listeners that didn't know, because I didn't know before I was reading about this, that, like, you know, a lot of people, I think, think that the minor league teams are just owned by the major league, the teams. Major league teams that They're own not. them. And no, it's, you know, well, here we have an example where one company owns 10 different teams, right? For so, different clubs. The Memphis Redbirds are the Cardinals, and yeah. the Iowa Cubs are clearly the Cubs. Like, those are two mm-hmm. hate hated <laughs> yeah they're hated both in the same division through, yeah right? it is so the, that's why the, the minor leagues are so different from the major leagues the mm-hmm. minor leagues are so fucked up in comparison and like oh as i say we i want to go to both see both those i've told you that like i will go postal if i go to memphis and i see somebody walk and they don't play walking in memphis <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, that's my dream i'm gonna sit in the stands at a memphis redbirds game and the first redbird to walk 
I'm either getting up and leaving. Yeah, I was going to say, are you going to go walk and knock on the door of the entertainment I, director? Of, I need to speak to the entertainment director I mean, of the Tennessee. records right now. It's Tennessee. I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah, it's not probably not. That dude's back got, to the story. Back dude's to the got story. a gun on his hip for sure. So anyway, so back, it's now 1987. We're going back to 87 here. And Mal has got his own team to run now because he's uh, head of the company that's bought the, yep. the, the triplets and moved them to Boise to become the Hawks. Yep. So he named himself manager once again. So yeah, it's been not? it's been Fuck 7 it. years since he had that that shitty run where he uh <laughs> I think they finished that season 24 or 25 and 114 oh or something like that. Yeah, it was you like, told me you were going to tell it, me it, how many it was games. brutal. It was brutal. That so. is that is a just that, you know what boys I'm picking up the tab. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I say like they had a pretty shitty record but you know with no major league feeder club you know what are they really going to do but it sounds like behind the scenes the 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 players that he was able to scout and pick off the scrap heap that were not spoken for by major league players he was pretty good at still crafting at least a half decent a team. half decent team you know interesting so uh so like i say he's got his own team that he names himself manager in and the inaugural season was more of what could mostly be expected of an unaffiliated club and the hawks went a dismal 26 and 50 good enough for eighth place finish in the standings okay so this is the class a short season yeah yeah, also, yeah. Right? Obvious, so obviously the, this is the rookie I mean, ball thing i mean at least now they're they're losing his, his team's losing you know Two out of three instead of four out of five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So slight improvement here. Uh, 1988, the second season, was a little better for the Hawks, but the Boise squad only improved four games to seventh place with a 30 and 46 record. Mm-hmm. So they're stepping it up a little, little bit. And 1989 was better still for Mal Fitchman and his Hawks moving ahead to fifth place with a 35 and 40 record on the year. So it was another sort of mad year for Fitchman and the Hawks. There was, however, one game in that 1989 season that may or may not have inspired future MLB managers, but that certainly cemented Mao's place in oddball baseball history. It was June 29th, 1989. All right. Okay. We've come to the point. We've got to the point. We're here at the date. And some articles I read said that it was July 4th, Okay. But, but I read more that said June 29th, so I'm going to rule with the majority here. We've, we've made the rule. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. with you on that. If you have more sources saying the 29th. Yeah. Uh, well, I was gonna, I'm going to mention here. The one, the, I read two articles that mentioned that it was July 4th, and that was Herzl's article in the uh, uh, Times West Virginian, and also he wrote an article on baseball prospectus. Yeah. But so they're, the bo- they're both by the same guy. So, yeah, so, so, it's, so it's really just one source that might have been getting it wrong. Right, right. Yeah. So And either way, it's not really that important. Who the date it? is not important. So yeah, We're a history podcast. Who cares what day it happened on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll see that this is not really that significant in baseball history <laughs> yeah. one way or the other. But it's anyway, just it's like oddball. five so, days, give or anyway, take. Who yeah, cares? It happened this week, you know? Like, <laughs> what this, do you want from it, us? It happened this week in 1989. So the Salem Dodgers were in town to take on the hometown Hawks at the newly constructed Memorial Stadium in Boise. It was the bottom of the sixth inning, and the Hawks were trailing the Dodgers. Fitchman was coaching third base and watched a close play at first base that second baseman Paul Clough was called out on. 
The prospect from BYU disagreed with the first base umpire and was tossed from the game after arguing the call. Fitchman, who I guess had begun heading back to the dugout, missed the exchange and at first did not realize that Cuff had been ejected. He recounted once for Sports Illustrated, quote, Clough was an All-American from Brigham Young, and he was a little older because he had spent two years on a Mormon mission, Fitchman said, but he looked like Opie, and he never opened his mouth. He got adamantly upset if anyone cursed in the dugout, so he hits a grounder, and it's a close play at first. I was coaching third base, and by the time I got back to our dugout on the first base side, someone said Clough had gotten tossed. So... So it's not a guy you'd expect to get tossed. Exactly. I was going to mention that, you know, if you don't realize Brigham Young is like, a, I believe it's like a Christian university Probably. or something yeah. like that, right? So I guess they're just kind of... And he's clearly a Mormon if he went on his Mormon mm-hmm. mission mm-hmm. and and obviously was not the yeah, type of guy. I guess maybe that, that makes sense. Maybe it's a Mormon guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Either yeah, way, yeah. like it's, you know, they're really uh, respectful of like the values of, you know, being nice and everything. So yeah. it's really unexpected for for Clough to, to react this way. So uh, Fitchman continued, quote, well, the umpire at first base wasn't very tall. And I went out to him and said that I knew Clough wouldn't say anything bad. Clough told me that he was safe. The umpire told me that Clough said he was safe and that if the umpire were a little taller, he might have seen the play. (laughs) Well, it struck me and I said, maybe he's right. So he threw me out of the game. I'm five foot seven, but this guy was only about five feet tall. (laughs) So He was like, well, I mean, like, he's got a point. You're pretty short. You're out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they both just made comments about this umpire's yeah, okay. height, and he got pissed, and he yeah. threw them both out of there. So it was a hot one that evening mm-hmm. with temperatures still in the 90s Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. so it's about 32 degrees Celsius or above. The man working as Humphrey the Hawk that night, his name was Jason. I don't know why that's really relevant, but there was an article that covered that. So Jason's in there. Thanks, Jason. I'm assuming this is a he's he's a he's a in a hawk suit. Yeah, he's not just like a man hawk. No, yeah, he's in a hawk suit. Yeah, yeah. Not like Jason's gonna be uh, pretending to be a hawk tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He's a hawk hybrid. He's a hawk. Thank you, Jason. (laughs) So he's the mascot. Jason's the mascot. Jason is dressed as Humphrey the Hawk. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so he's taking a break. He's cooling his heels and every other part of his body under the stands with the hawk headset on the ground. So it's chilling there. Mm-hmm. The man serving as the mascot was a big guy, a former Boise State linesman, and Fitchman had an idea. According to the story Fitchman told Minor League Baseball, he asked Jason if he was done for the evening, and Jason said no. But Fitchman said, you are now. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so I guess he was right here. Quote, I asked him if he was done for the evening, but he said not yet, but I told him you are now, <laughs> Fitchman said. Hey, he said it. Yeah. So I took the uniform, it was all Velcro, and I put it on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's like this, uh, this, I mentioned before that the guy is huge. So he's got this huge so costume. He's, that, once again, he's 5'7". And Fishman's and this just 5'7". And other guy's an O-lineman, so he's, he's, you know, maybe at least six feet and, like, a big man. Yeah. So, <laughs> looks different. Yeah, it does. <laughs> right? It does. 
<laughs> so I took the uniform, it was all Velcro, and I put it on. Now Jason was a lot bigger than I was, and the costume was rather large on me. You saw through the mouth, there was mesh, and you were able to breathe through. So now we're going back to the San Diego chicken episode. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. We're... A little bit. It's a little bit of a mascot episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was obvious to some right away that something was different about Humphrey. <laughs> Fitchman continues, quote, the mascot was only allowed in the stands. So some people knew right away that something was different because I was down on the field. <laughs> well, there's his first mistake, right? That's yeah. his, he's got to stand on top of the dugout, not in the dugout. Yeah, yeah. He's not in the dugout, but he's on the he's field. still coaching third base. <laughs> I, by, so wait a minute. By, by my understanding, he's still probably standing in the third base area and giving signals to the <laughs> To the bench coach or to the players somehow. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, okay. The players at first didn't know it was me, and I was wandering around close to the dugout in the eighth inning when we had men on first and second. And I went over to the coach who was now managing, and I tell him through the mesh to bunt. And some of the players started to realize it's Mal. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't matter though, the Hawks still lost eight to four. Oh. <laughs> I mean, kudos for trying. Yeah, he tried, yeah. you know. <laughs> but I don't think, according to this, I don't think he uh he he properly dressed in the costume. <laughs> we'll say here, what happened after the game is a little contested though. One account from Fitchman is quote, after the game, I went back into my office and took the costume off and Jack Kane came down to the clubhouse. Jack Kane's the president of, yeah. of the league. Right? Yeah, no, that's another like really dumb move, Mal. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't take the, go back to the, wherever the mascot dude's room is or under the bleachers where he smokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking a joint, taking yeah. a break. Yeah. Uh, all right, I guess I'm done for the night. <laughs> <laughs> you are now. <laughs> so he takes it off and leaves the evidence in his office. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Fitchman said, quote, he said something like it was a tough game, but the hawk was very funny. I had forgotten to take the feed off. <laughs> and he's there and says, that was you. That's the funniest thing you've ever done. Now you're suspended. <laughs> I bet they like, it was like a long, long, like, just like laughing, like, oh, and then just like, every, and Fitch for like a little bit thought it was like, oh, everything's good. And they're laughing about it. And he's like, oh, you're fucking suspended, bud. <laughs> so, but that's, that's Fitchman's account. Yeah. And another in the Idaho statement, statesman from the perspective of the Northwest League president, Jack Kane was that he wasn't even at the game that evening, mm -hmm. but received a call the next morning from Fitchman. Mm -hmm. And Kane says, quote, I did get a phone call about 8 o'clock the next morning from Fitchman. And he said, Jack, I did something stupid last night. <laughs> and I said, okay, what was that? He told me, and I laughed, Kane said. I thought that is hilarious. I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. But, you know, the minute I hear from the umpires, I'm going to have to suspend you. He, he being Mal, said, yeah, oh, I know. Kane said Fitchman told him the whole thing, admitted he was kicked out of the game and forgot what inning it was. Unfortunately, he forgot to take his baseball shoes off and his stirrups, and it was kind of obvious who it was, you know, Kane added. Ah, 
So there's a little vice versa in the yeah. two storylines. Yeah, yeah. One, he's wearing the things, and the other one, he's not, and he's just out there. Why is that guy That's wearing right. baseball I don't, cleats? I don't understand why it's so, like... Why the stories differ so much? It's a legend, like, man. It's a legend, bro. I guess so. I guess that's why we're talking about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> so Kane added, "That's Mal, you know. He was in a hurry. He didn't have time to change his shoes, and so about noon that day, I got a call from the umpires, and they said, Mr. Kane, the manager of the Boise Hawks did something really stupid last <laughs> night. Blah 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 blah. You know." <laughs> I followed up then with Mal, called him back, and I said, Mal, I heard from the umpires, you're suspended. <laughs> and Mal said, I knew it was going to happen. You know, something he shouldn't have done, but it was kind of funny at the time, and I still think it's funny. I still think it's funny, too. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, in 1982, Ed Noddle returned to the field as the Tacoma Tigers mascot after getting tossed from a Pacific Coast League game, which may have been where Mal got his inspiration from. Oh, okay. So there was a predecessor to this wonderful story. Right. Yeah. There was. Yeah. So, I don't, but I don't know if he knew about that. No. You know? So, uh, so it was, I was going to say, I, then that's the only time a manager dressed up as the mascot. But I just realized, we have no idea. Yeah, we, this, it could have happened many times. It could have, it could have happened like if this If you're a manager week. and you dressed up as a mascot, yeah. and you give us a call. Yeah, give us a call. We promise to, to protect about... our sources here. Yeah, we'll just mention the team name, the mascot. We'll just not mention your name, and nobody will know. We'll mention the years, and no one will ever be able to figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, so you know that's where Mal got his inspiration, possibly, but. And, you know, while Bobby Valentine may have, I was gonna you say. know, inspired the next generation of incognito managers when he returned to the dugout wearing his fake mustache. He did. But, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a short one, but that's the that's story a, of uh, Mal Fitchman returning to the field to help manage his team when he got ejected because they ejected a nice Mormon boy and... <laughs> You know, he I, he felt that he still had to finish those last three innings. I don't know which one's funnier. Like, which one? I, with, which version of the story? Whether he, he accidentally had the... I think accidentally having the mascot feed on is funnier than what really happened, which is he was an idiot and didn't put the mascot yeah, feed on. I, I think it would that would be the much funnier situation, too. Especially if, like... I mean, I know he was a minor league managers so you're not gonna get the tv interviews but yeah. like just imagine like john gibbons doing that <laughs> and he like dressed up as ace yeah and you know he's doing his interview with his he's leaned back with his feet up on the table or and there's just, there's got the like bird the, legs the bird tail somehow coming <laughs> the off tail the end of him. Yeah, yeah. well you know this is part of a new look i'm go trying out here yeah <laughs> i just went back to the, the clubhouse and drank Water. Ah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, we miss Gibby. Actually, yeah. do we? I don't know. Who knows? I do. Oh. Do you? Right. Well, okay. Let's. I've go. always said like we're not gonna. Yeah, we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not here to reminisce <laughs> about old Blue Jays managers. Yeah. But I have said that it would be, you know, if the Blue Jays had like a press secretary. Yeah. That like you know did interviews on behalf of the manager. That would be really great if the Jays could hire him to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah fucking <laughs> shit happens. <laughs> All right, well, shit happens. Yeah. Um, that is a, that's a great way to end this. Uh, no, that's uh, that's Mal Fitchman uh, dressing up as the mascot. That was a wonderful tale that I had no idea 
existed. Mm -hmm. I neither did I until uh, I think I saw an anniversary tweet about it a few. Yeah, months ago. I was gonna say I have no idea. Like, where did you find this story <laughs> from? That was gonna be immediately what I asked you as soon as we stopped recording. Yeah. Um, well, there's your answer right there. There it is. Uh, <laughs> fucking Twitter, everybody. It yeah. Does at doing some, baseball. Does some good. <laughs> yeah. At doing baseball. Uh, I'm at Sean Do Baseball. He's at Ed's Do Baseball. Um, as we said off the top. Give us a give us a follow or a or a retweet or a fucking review. I don't know what we're doing here, but either way, um, it's good to be back. And we got another episode coming at you in two weeks. And uh, I want to toot my own horn. It's gonna be good. All right, I'm excited to hear it. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, give us a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. A follow on uh, Twitter, as we mentioned before, Instagram at Doing Baseball. And of course, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Sean. And I'm Eds. And we were doing the baseball. Okay, bye. Bye.